You're listening to The Fashion Detour, a show that provides insights into the minds of creatives within the fashion industry. My name is Michal Goldfein, and I'm sitting down with the creators to talk about their processes, their inspirations, and lessons they've learned along the way. I'm thrilled because this week we have a special guest. She is the owner and designer of K2's New York. Her name is Marlene Kalanji, and I'm just thrilled to have her with us. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I I feel like we we were I feel like we're we're kindred spirits. You know, the two women constantly, you know, constantly working, constantly balancing family and, you know, careers. So I would love to know what influenced you to start your gown line. <laughs> That's a funny question. What started me? I always wanted to do something that doesn't really um, exist, meaning there's not so many people doing the same thing that I do. So I try to think a little bit more out of the box. And I always try to, you know, think of ways to make a person's life simpler and easier and more efficient and get the job done type of thing. So I decided at 21 years old, after I switched majors, I was actually a pre-med student. I was going to be a gastrointestinal surgeon. That was always my dream. And at 20, I decided to change majors and I chose fashion. So I decided to create an all-inclusive bridal shop because 20 years ago, that pretty much didn't exist. Even now, I don't think anybody has it anywhere in the United States. So, you know, I was young. I was turning 21, and I had to do it in a very smart way. So I just did it one division at a time. We first did services, and then we brought in grounds, and here we are today. It's really amazing, and has your your store um, always been in York? Yes, I actually, it's funny that you say this, but I never actually wanted to be in a store. I really wanted that one-on-one, very personalized experience, and I feel like in a store, you just can't get that same experience. So my parents gave me their basement 20 years ago and said, it's all yours, have fun. (laughs) And I think now they're ready to say, bye, find yourself a nice store. (laughs) Wow. So have, were, were, was your background and growing up, did that influence you a lot in terms of wanting to have a career in fashion? I, like I said before, I had no thoughts ever crossed my mind to have a career in fashion. I was dead set on being a doctor, on being a very successful surgeon, and that has always been my dream. I never once thought to be doing what I'm doing today. Now that I think of it, if I go back to when I was in elementary school, I'll show you many notebooks that have doodles and sketches of gowns all over it, which is funny because why would I be doing that if I didn't want to be thinking that? But yeah, I was good at that and I decided to pursue it because at the end of the day, my goal in life was really just to help people and doing what I do. I like to do everything with my whole heart and my whole soul. And there are other ways to give yourself to a person other than in the ER. And I actually find that, yeah, I could have been an incredible surgeon, but doing what I do today, I find myself being much more impactful and more involved in the day-to-day of people's lives because I see the changes. I see how I help them. I see how much they benefit. I see how much I grow from it. Wow, that's really beautiful. 
And in terms of the the styles of your gowns, I I know this is a hard question, but what are your favorite styles that you've created? Um, I like things a little bit more out of the box, personally. I mean, generally speaking, my style is not typical. The girl who's coming to shop by us for her wedding gown is not looking to look like everybody else. She has a little bit more flair or a little bit more pizzazz, a little bit more personality that she wants to portray through her gown. So I love gowns that have feathers in them, three-dimensional lace. I love creating gowns with color. I've done that many times with um, statements, colors. It could be pastel colors. I have girls who have worn, you know, soft gold wedding gowns. I have girls who have worn very creamy ivory wedding gowns that, you know, made them look like they were from the 1920s. Um, I like different, but, again, it's not me wearing the gown. It's the bride wearing the gown, so I want to create what's perfect for her, but I definitely appreciate a bride who has, who's willing to go a little bit more bold. That's for sure my, my, my favorite. So in terms of the silhouette do you like a more you know a, a more like fitted silhouette or uh you know a line oh, i like the gown that's you know for sure going to turn around your head that's the kind of gown i like yeah. so i definitely have made gorgeous silhouettes that were more mermaid or more fit and flare i've done very soft and airy like garden dresses and i've done wedding gowns that have 18 yards of fabric in the skirt alone which means it's huge and very detailed and very ornate so I would really say I, I like to design a style that would suit the customer best and make her look like she, you know, she's walking on water. So I do like something straight. I do like something Elon. I definitely love Volga, and it just has to be for the right customer. A hundred percent. And I, this is going back. I think it's probably between five to ten years. I used to work for a custom, uh, a, a bridal designer, and she makes. Uh, custom bridal gowns and evening wear and I definitely saw that firsthand that it really has to fit the person and especially a bride it's her most important day she has to feel like a million dollars so thinking back to that actually what really motivated me or made me you know realize that gowns was something that I should really pursue my sister was getting married she was 18 years old and every bridal store we went to she just looked so mature. And I kept saying, how can an 18-year-old girl look like she's 25? Like, that's not fair. So I just felt like there was such a void in the market where there just wasn't enough to cater to the very soft and young and playful type of a bride. So it really did motivate me to create a line that was very versatile, where you can have something for the more mature girl. You can have something for the younger girl. You can have something for the girl who wants like a garden wedding. It doesn't have to all be, you know, one silhouette or one style. It has to be versatile enough so it can suit many different types of people different personalities and again yeah. obviously with modest specifications so that was that was very hard 20 years ago it was very hard to find modest gowns which is why there was such a you know an opportunity for me designers never made gowns like that I mean 18 years you were selling designer gowns you were buying sometimes two dresses the same style and converting it into one dress oh my goodness and you know at at your uh, gown line at K2 do you also make gowns for um, mother of the bride and or is it just bridal? Uh, when we used to sell designer gowns exclusively, we sold always a nice variety from mothers and sisters. Today, since we convert everything to just being exclusively the collection of K2s, I only make mothers and sisters of the bride, you know, one piece per design per person. It's custom made, but it's a pricey price point. So it's really for someone who wants a fabric that no one else will have. It's very exclusive. So if you want to look like your own individual self, then yes. Hey, Marlene, can you make me a gown? But if you want something very generic and very typical, I'm not your person. 
Right. I, I, I totally understand. Is it, and you were saying before that about how there was a void with the modest bridal gowns. So do you feel that it's challenging to design modest Today? gowns? Today it's actually great because many designers are creating very modest gowns that you always have to do is line it up to cover you appropriately. Um, but it was definitely very challenging when we started. We used to have workers working sometimes to 3, 4 in the morning because we had so much to do. And that's actually what inspired me to create my very own bridal gown collection because I figured let's do it right from the start. Why do we have to go through all these alterations and perfect something that's not even my creation? Yes, and you 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 definitely have a one-stop shop. You can women can come to you. They can purchase wigs and gowns and even makeup. So yeah. it's really really comprehensive. What what part of that do you like the most? Honestly, I feel like being part of a bride's most magical day to me is the most satisfying part when I give her her gown and she's ready to take off and go to the wedding and those hugs and kisses and tears of joy. It's just priceless. Um, and a mother, just seeing a mother walk through the whole entire process and seeing how much her daughter has connected and appreciated and feels beautiful and connects with her inner self is really something that I can't really describe adequately. Um, it's a very rewarding feeling. But I will also tell you that even selling the right, you know, the right wig to the right person is very rewarding as well. I, I have so many women who are in their 60s and hated covering their hair for 40 years and felt it was so challenging. And then you sit with them for an hour, two hours, and you show them and you educate them and you explain to them. And you, you know, they touch, they feel, they understand, they try on, and they fall in love. And they're falling in love with the mitzvah that you have so much to do with. So to me, that's a very rewarding feeling that I can help empower women and make them feel beautiful inside out. And I mean, is there an aspect, I do agree completely, and if there's, I'm sure it's so rewarding to you to see them feeling confident, to feel, you know, and wanting to, to keep the mitzvah with, with joy. Is there an aspect that you're drawn to specifically, like in terms of whether it's the shaitals or the makeup or the gowns? My favorite is my making the gowns. I love, I love the gowns because it's an expression of each individual. My challenge is let me see this person and let me help her feel that this gown reflects everything that she is. There are some brides who are very shy and sweet and timid and they don't want to fit and flare. They just want to look like themselves. And their mothers come and like, no, 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 this is not for them. This is not for them. And then I sit and I explain to the mom, I'm like, yes, you love this. This suits, you know, what you want for your daughter, but it's not what your daughter wants. This is not an expression of who she is. And when they see that and they understand that and it all makes sense to them. It's a whole different ballgame. So I find it so challenging and so rewarding to help each person shine in the way that expresses them the best. Um, so gowns is definitely my favorite, but wigs is definitely what we sell most of because, you know, every bride needs two to three wigs. The mothers need wigs. So like the bride, I mean, the, the gowns is obviously more seasonal than the wigs. The wigs are something that we're busy with all year long. That's true. It, it sounds complicated to me. Like, it sounds like not complicated in the sense of how do you do it? How do you do all, how are you, you know, how have you mastered this? 
It's funny that you say that. I, I sometimes ask myself the same thing. I'm like, why am I doing this? Or what is wrong with me? Why am I doing so much? Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I feel that one thing leads to the other. For instance, you know, when we started selling gowns and the girls were so happy and the mothers were thrilled and they were coming to us from everywhere. And I mean, 80% was flying in from out of town, 20%. I mean, they really come from everywhere because New York is where they're getting married. So they're coming and they're doing whatever they can. So when they saw that my mother's been doing wigs for so many years she's been doing washing sets and she always sold like you know the brand names but from like 20 years ago they would say to me marlene you're so good at explaining and you're so good at understanding our needs why can't you sell wigs as well and i'd be like because i don't like hair you know it's like my passion <laughs> but then when i studied it and i understood it and i investigated i mean now we sell already over 15 wig brands which is incredible so it's, you have to understand the market, you have to understand the competition, you have to understand the products, and you have to be realistic in terms of what it can, you know, how it can purpose, you know, uh, what's the right word, how it can appropriately service your customer. So once we mastered in the gowns, we moved on to the wigs. Once we mastered in the wigs, we added cosmetics because so many times brides or, or a mother would say to me, oh, if I only had lipstick to see what I would look like once, I look so pretty, but like my face is so bare. If I only had lipstick, I'm like, ding, ding, let's bring yeah. makeup in, you know? So like, it was like light bulb after light bulb. And then, you know, we've done many other things throughout the past 20 years. We've sold jewelry, we've sold, you know, accessories and stuff like that. But the three real things that really, that we're passionate about at K2s at the end of the day is the gowns, the wigs, and you know the wedding planning actually cosmetics is something that it's a, a smaller part of the business and it's mm-hmm. also a product that we sell all year round um the wigs we started traveling all over the world because you know there was a demand there was a request there was there are very few shades that sell as many brands as we do you know all the time we hear this we're like oh can you come here can you come there and then we build a community out of new york and it became so crazy out of new york that it's almost like how can i afford to leave new york new york is so busy but i have to create now time for my out-of-towners because i'm doing it for the past 10 years so i guess the one one thing led to the next and we see what a difference we're making we see how impactful it is so it just gives me so much inner joy and it gives me the energy to keep going yes and obviously you you've seen a need and you're filling it i wondering do you have a very large team that helps you do all of this we used to have a very large team that we employed full-time but at the end of the day i, I guess maybe it's me just being uh controlling or a, i have a very bad time delegating i can i rather just do it myself because it'll get done faster so you know we have i outsource a lot of work you know our marketing team we have that in place we have you know the people who do all the alterations for our wigs and we have the colorist i don't have to have them full-time in the salon anymore i've learned to delegate that out of the salon so mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier for me to, to allocate more time to doing what i do what i love best is the sales because it's very one-on-one it's very educational and it's very informative so a customer really develops a relationship with me you know, with me and then once I sell them the wig. They're really dealing with my mom, who is the cutter in the business. She's been cutting wigs for, I think, 46 years already. So she really knows what she's doing. But I'm there to oversee everything. So I'm there to do the hand-holding. I'm there to walk them through it. I deal with the day-to-day, but a lot of us do all the other things around that allows me to dedicate the time to the sales, to the travel. Have you, had, um, have you experienced some challenges along the way? Oh, absolutely. What what life what's life without challenges, right? <laughs> 
I know, yes. I know. And especially nowadays with the things that are going on in the world with the coronavirus, I, how are you handling that? Oh, it's definitely tough. I'll tell you that much. Um, I really feel that through our very own frustrations and challenges in life, the best hobbies are born. So I feel that when life throws you lemons, you need to make lemonade out of it. Right now, when this pandemic first started and everything stopped and we couldn't see customers and we couldn't need to cancel all our trips all around the world, I spent the first two, three weeks just helping brides and their families, you know, create a wedding plan B. If I can't be working, let me at least be giving back and be helping people in the best way I know how to so that I can make their life less stressful. It's hard to do this alone, especially when you don't know what you're doing. I have so many vendors that we work with and so many amazing people that went out the extra mile to help accommodate these restrictions that it was just so nice to be able to give back when we can't work. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm praying for this to end earlier rather than later, although there has been some, there's, there has been a lot of positives that have come out of this. Obviously, you know, spending time with your family and um, it's just, you know, things that you never thought you would get to do or be able to do and watch your children, even just watching them, you know, even watching them do their Zoom, I get a little bit of nachas from that um, <laughs> when I'm not when I'm not like stressing out about, oh my God, I missed, I missed the time. Oh no. You know, like all that, you know, and, and everything else is going on. Uh, but definitely it, it's been a challenge, but I feel like all the businesses that I've been speaking to, they've been, they've really like stepped up to the plate. So it's, it's really nice to see. Listen, at the end of the day, it is sad because people have stopped dating and those who are new on the market are not looking to start now because they don't want a quarantine style wedding. So it's definitely slowing things down for the next couple of months. Even if this pandemic ends tomorrow and people start dating and they're dating for six to eight weeks at the fastest rate, you know, getting married, they're not making a wedding in under two months. So we're looking at weddings taking place at the earliest, earliest possibility in four months from now. So that's sad because Right. You know, we're missing another season. I know myself, we were planning major events for 2020. We're celebrating 20 years of business this year. So I had to put a hold on my production. We were creating an incredible, gorgeous bridal gown collection. But what good is it to sit in my showroom if I can't, you know, market it? So we had to put a hold on that. I'm saying there are many, many businesses who are really struggling. But like now, our biggest challenge is selling brides gowns and selling them wigs without seeing them. It's crazy, you know, and it's a lot more time consuming. But I have to say, I'm so blown away by the attitude of these brides, by the attitude of their parents, how they're willing to embrace it. Okay, so we'll have a plan B wedding. So we'll get married in the garden. Marlene, can you create a wedding gown that's less, you know, poofy and make it more garden style? Absolutely. But I'm saying their attitude is so inspiring that I'm just like, wow, I'm ready for so much of this, you know? It's really amazing to see. Wow. I mean, I'm just getting chills just listening to you because I just, it's, it's really unbelievable. It's amazing to hear that. So I just got a WhatsApp message today from a DJ. If you know anybody making a wedding, I'm willing to DJ free of charge. Like how beautiful is that, that this is a time that people are just looking to unite and to give back to one another. And to me, that's really what it should be all about. So, you know, there's so many people reaching out to me, just like as a friend on Instagram. Hey, Marlene, you seem to have it all together. What's your secret? And I laugh. I'm like, you think I have it together? I'm losing my mind. 
there's so much I want to do and I can't do, but I feel like we can control the situation. We might as well just make the best of it. Today is today. If you failed at your tasks today, then you try harder tomorrow. But it's the same with the weddings. Another planning plan A and plan B. I just spoke with a few brides today. They want to get married July 1st, but if the holes will not allow it, they'll have a backyard wedding. And the other girl said, I'm going to wait till August. So people are really being very positive and hopeful and they really are doing their best. So it's, it's really inspiring just to, you know, keep doing what we're doing. That's, it's so great to hear that. And in terms of, I know we're going back to the, to the, to the shades old, but the wigs, but I just wanted to know, how do you, tell me the process. How do you help a woman pick out her wig and explain some of the brands that you carry? You want to know quarantine style or regular? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get both? Sure. Um, I really believe that a woman should shop according to her budget, meaning don't just buy a wig because it's on sale, because I promise you you're going to have a collection of wigs that you're never going to wear again. You're going to be miserable. You're going to hate it because nobody stands behind it. It's a clearance sale. It's something they're trying to get rid of, and it becomes a frustrating experience. So my advice always to a woman is before you spend your money, be realistic, do your research. For instance, if you want a lace top, you have to understand you're not going to find one for $1,000. It doesn't exist, not in the wholesale world, not in the retail world. Your expectations have to be real. And according to that, I will guide you how to spend and get the best for your buck. If your budget, let's say, is $2,000, I will give you a you know, an array of wigs and say, okay, this is what this wig will do for you. And this is how you can get what you want with this budget. But if you're willing to add $500, then you can get a wig in this caliber of hair and then these companies because, and this is how it's going to extend the life aware of the wig. So you have to present the options. The reason people, I should say, are so happy with, you know, K2s and are really thank God, diehard fans, is because it's not that I'm favoring one brand over the other. I'm educating you. I'm showing you. I'm explaining to you. I sell so many different brands, and I'm showing you what is the best you can get for what you can afford. I'm not going to show you a wig that's $4,000 if your budget is $1,500. What's the point of that? You should get yourself into debt. You know, so that's really what they appreciate. The consultation is all about understanding what's out there, the different types of hair, what hair will give you the most for your, you know, for your money? What's going to last you the longest? And what's going to suit your need? You know, sometimes I have nurses who just want to wear a full and get it disgustingly dirty because they don't want to wear a good wig to work. So why would I make them spend real money if they can spend a lot less? You understand? So you have to, number one, understand the need of the customer and how they intend to wear the hair. And number two is you have to understand their budget and not take somebody out of their budget. Many, many times I've told customers, do yourself a favor put this thousand dollars in the bank add to it periodically and when you have an extra five hundred dollars come back and i'm going to sell you a wig face off time we're going to have a sale i know i can find you a wig for fifteen hundred dollars you understand so and they love yeah. that so much more because i'm not encouraging them to spend money a lot of times they hear oh i bought a wig for a thousand dollars it was a clearance it was a, this is that i hate it can you fix it sorry i don't take outside work because i really try my hardest to service my customers in the best way possible so i stand behind what we do i can't you know what i'm yeah. saying i want to i want to make sure that i'm serving every customer according to what they need so I really tried my hardest to educate them properly so that they don't have to come back to me with a complaint. But because of that, I do sell every wig with a warranty. So that already put the customer at ease. 
Um, a warranty means if the wig not clumps, sheds, becomes purple, I don't know, grows an afro, I am your go-to. It comes back to me, and it's almost like I'm your lawyer. I'm your representative. I service it until it's perfect. I don't ever want a customer to come back and say, I hate my wig. To me, that is the most, what should I say? It's so hurtful because I invest so much and I and I want so badly for you to love it that I give it my all so I can honestly honestly say I have replaced wigs in my life I have done things that people you know don't want to do because I want my customers to love what they wear it's so important to me. but that doesn't mean you have to spend eight thousand dollars on a wig yeah well first of all I, I definitely got a real education just now I mean even though you know it's it's like it's it's a total, um, I don't know what the word is, but, sh- you know, wigs, it's like a whole nother category. There's so much to the learn. It's, so, it's, yep. it's amazing. And but I was going to say is that it sounds like, you know, it's not an easy thing because with wigs, cost, you know, it's, it's very hard to make people happy. I feel like well, for sure, there's no question. But that's what I'm saying. The number one thing is you have to listen to your customer. You have to understand their need. Many times customers think they're saying something. They show me a picture. I'm like, but wait a minute, that's not what we discussed. Oh, I didn't know how to explain it. So if you listen to your customer and you understand their need, we're already starting in a good place because it's all about understanding what they want the hair to do. If a customer's telling me, I want a lot of body and I'm going to sell her a wig that's super flat and no matter what you do, the body won't hold, then that's just ridiculous. Why would I, why would I want a customer angry? You have to know certain companies that you sell, certain brands, really emphasize the body, really emphasize texture. And it could be in the processed hair, it could be in the European hair. So I really feel that if you hear your customer and you understand, you see things through their eyes, it really creates a relationship where there's a communication and it's a good communication. Yes, and that is why they come to you. <laughs> I, I don't take that for granted. I'm very grateful for that. Definitely. And in terms of yourself, do you have a preference? Like, do you like the lace top? Is it like, or is it, I know because it's this fad that's coming, but is it here to stay? Oh, like, I knew that question was coming. Like, there's no Uh, way she's not asking me about the lace top. (laughs) Okay, in terms of lace top, I will not lie to you. It took me a while to get on board. And the reason is, anything that I sell, I have to see things from every type of customer's perspective, meaning is it good for the young only? Is it good for the mature client? Is it good for somebody who's my age? Who is it good for? So because I represent so many different brands, I looked very heavily into every company that we represent and I saw how they created. I understood what their, you know, how the wig was built, how it was constructed, how it's different from certain companies. I did a lot of studying and a lot of research. I was not the first person to sell lace. I said, I'm not going to sell it until I can perfect it. And thankfully, thankfully, I really learned how to create, and I should say recreate a wig by customizing the lace front according to each person's hairline. I, I love a lot of my Shaitamacher friends, but I will tell you what you see on Instagram is very generic most time. You know, it's the same one lens, flat, you know, very silky, beautiful. It's just gorgeous. But that's not going to work for a 60-year-old, and that's not going to necessarily work for a 40-year-old. So you have to understand which wig companies that create lace tops will work for that 20, for the 30, for the 40, for the 50, and even the 60. I'm so happy to say that so many bobbies are wearing lace tops now because they have gorgeous body and texture and fullness, and it's so super light on the head. They're in heaven. They're not buying one. They're buying two. They're buying three. They're loving it so much. So once I really was able to master in the 
understanding how to create the right lace top or lace front per customer, that's when I brought it in. And it took a good six months. I'm not going to lie. I myself just got a lace top recently. And it's already trending for a solid year now, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little apprehensive about it, but I, I do know that I'm sure it's, it's, I mean, I've seen it looking beautiful. I, I think that personally, I don't know why, but I have dark brown hair, and every t- whenever I used to try them on, I would see these like black dots, and yeah, it really plugged. bothered me. Uh-huh. I'm the type it should of, and I know you could, you know, you could put people say you could put makeup on it, and you can, and there are all these, you know, ways around it or whatever it was, and I just, I couldn't. Like I'll just my eyes go straight to it. Also, also I just um, I I feel like I need something that I can just step on my head and like go. Like I can't. I never even. I don't even. I do my makeup in the car, you know, on the way to work at the red light, you know. So I just. I'm totally feeling you. So, so it, it it's just it, it. I'm sure it's it's you know for a lot of people, and I feel like probably one day I'm gonna end up getting one. It's just that you know I'm a little. I'm just on the. I'm nervous, but I think that they are very very natural. You know what? It's funny that you say that. I I mean, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, the first thing that irritated me was the plugs on the head, but thankfully we've learned techniques. Not, I have no makeup on my own. I'm wearing a lace top right now. There's no makeup on it, nothing. But we've learned techniques, how to soften the hairline and create it in a very natural way. And it looks unbelievable. I can show you and zoom the camera into my hairline and be like, oh my gosh, it literally looks like it's a part of your brain. But yeah, like with everything, if you see it close up, of course you're going to see where the lace ends. Um, But the most beautiful thing about the lace to me is how many women began covering their hair fully due to the lace top creation. Um, mm. We are not innovative. We did not create lace. To be honest, it's been around for many, many years. It's just that now in the Jewish circles, you're seeing it. The non-Jews are wearing lace for years and years and years. Um, but now the lace was created in a way that people feel very confident and very, um, they feel excited actually to cover their hair properly for the, you know, for the first time. I'm not here to say that someone who's not fully covering their hair is not covering it properly. I'm just saying those who've always struggled with it and now are able to are just so happy about it. So that's one very nice aspect to see about the lace tops. That's so cool. Wow. I mean, that is, it's, it's amazing. And I, I just feel like in general, thank God, you know, the stars are starting to align in terms of just having more modest clothing, more options, you know, in general, overall. With oh, the absolutely. It's just, yeah. So I, but just I really, so you should know, it's not just lace tops that are around. People, the more the competition exists, the more the companies are urged to perfect their products, which is amazing for the customer. So, you know, even people are not going about it, the wigs are being remade so much better than they were three, four years ago. The hair is more natural. They're much lighter in weight and density. That's really the beauty of wigs. You have to understand that so much goes into the construction of the wig. It's the color, it's the density, it's the dimension, the percentage of hair, the percentage of highlights, how you know how heavy it is sewn by the crown. Does it have layers? Does it not have layers? This is something you need to know when purchasing a wig. So if your Shetamacher, you know, cares to educate you, you'll see why one wig company is so much lighter than the other wig brands because this is how they're constructing their wig. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It just makes it right for you. Well, and it, I know now we're getting into the makeup. We're on our way. <laughs> so how, tell me more, you carry Shabbos and Pesach makeup. Can you describe well, we have the makeup label. 
um, start what we sell. So we have a private label makeup company called K2's Cosmetics. Um, it's a long-lasting and very versatile line of cosmetics that you can transform very easily from day to evening. I personally am not one like yourself to sit there and spend 20 minutes doing my makeup. If I spend eight minutes, it's like, wow, I really gave myself time today. So we really try to, you know, bring in products that will do the job without having to do more than, you know, using more than five products throughout the day. So to me, that's like a game changer as opposed to putting 20 different products on your face. You have one good mascara, one good shadow, one good foundation, one good bronzer, one good lipstick, call it a day. You know, you don't need more than that. Or people who don't wear lipstick, then focus on the mascara or whatever the, you know, the product is. But it's really, we were looking for long-term wear products that people can wear that they don't have to reapply their makeup throughout the day. And that will give them a good feel that they can take it and not invest a lot of money into it, just transform their makeup from day into evening by just adding, you know, know, a shimmery eyeshadow or a, a shimmery lip gloss that really will change the look. So very versatile, multi-purpose. Long-lasting, yes. That's really, that's the end game for us. And what are your favorite makeup products? I personally always say you can leave me stranded in the desert with my lash thickener and my mascara and I'm good to go. I happen to have very straight flat lashes and we have this incredible product, which is a lash thickener. It's just mm. fortified with vitamin E and you apply it on your eye. It's clear. I sometimes wear it without mascara even and I coat it with mascara and it looks like I got, you know, lashes put on, which is amazing. So that's my favorite product. Um, but many, many people love our bronzers. They love our foundations. They're so incredibly light and airy and they really give you insane coverage without having to wear three different types of, you know, foundation and concealer and a setting powder. It's, you know, all these products are in one actual product. So it's really nice. So do you carry um, regular makeup and Shabbos makeup? Yes. It's two different lines because mm -hmm. the makeup of Shabbos cannot have any oils that combine it together, so you can't smear that. So it's made from powder-based products only, and it's, it's pigmented, so it's long-lasting, but it's not as long-lasting as an everyday product would be. Yes. Well, that, 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 makes, that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of what would you change if you could about the fashion and cosmetics industry? Oh, that's a loaded question. I will tell you a funny story. When we first created our own bridal gown collection, we were doing a very big runway event, and I needed to hire models. And every agency I called, when I told them that my wedding gowns were a size 6 and a size 8, they literally hung up the phone on me. They told me I'm out of my mind and I'm never going to find models. I had to postpone photo shoots because I could not find models that would be a size 6 or a size 8. Um, I was very happy that I stood ground and that those are the sample sizes I created because I didn't want it to be that people feel they have to be a negative zero to look gorgeous in a wedding gown. And I don't want it to be that people who are size 14 can't relate to a girl who's a full cut size 8. So I was adamant and I said, I'm going to create a runway show once we have the models. And I wish I can change, you know, the perception of the world and be like, oh, it's okay to have a model that's not a size negative zero. It doesn't have to be that she has to be a plus size model and a size zero model. There has to be something in between. Mm -hmm. Girls should feel beautiful regardless of, you know, the size of the dress. Size by me doesn't matter. A lot of times they look into the labels and like, what size is this? I'm like, does it really matter? I size differently. You know, like I don't want to look at size as a number because that's not what's important. Um, that's one thing that I wish I could change if I could. And another thing I wish I could change is manufacturing. 
Um, I personally do not manufacture in China. I was very adamant about not manufacturing in China, but many high-end designers do manufacture in China, and they hike up their prices to be five times, you know, what it should be, being that it's manufactured in China. So workmanship and quality and the finishing of the gowns is so important to me that really that's what we pride ourselves in. And if you look at it, sometimes you'd be like, wow, it's even made so much better than a certain, you know, brand name is made. And we have to market up a lot less because, you know, we're manufacturing in places that are more expensive, but we can't compete with the high-end manufacturers because their name and we're a private name. So that's something I wish I can change. But if you looked at the actual construction and fabric that the gown is made of, you'd understand that the gown really should be $6,000, but I'm charging you 3500 because we're k 2 and we're not, you know, a designer name. So I just feel so, like that should be something I could change one day. <laughs> I well, you know, because there's a it's it's just that there's an imbalance of you know the like you said the the quality and the work that you're putting in versus somebody else who you know has the has the name and or or you know even someone like you said you know making it in China and then you know charging astronomically for you know. And a, a lot of people won't necessarily realize that there's, you know, they don't know necessarily the quality difference. You know, they might not see the details. That Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I wish I was able to change your perception because, again, we've exclusively sold designer gowns, very reputable designer gowns, for 18 years. I cannot tell you how many times when you cut one bead, it's a domino effect. All of a sudden, beads are falling over everywhere or the lace is tearing. Or, and it's so frustrating because the gowns that we create are so they're made with such high quality, so much, you know, it's all handwork. So when you look at it and you say, wow, look at this finishing, it's, this dress is priceless. But some people are just all about name brands. And I purposely created a collection that people can afford. You want something that's exclusive and extravagant, but it's not affordable. Today, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for a wedding gown is a lot. You know, mm-hmm. if you can go a gorgeous wedding gown for three, three and a half, five thousand even, let's just say. But it's so different and so unique and really speaks to you and and it's just so magnificent wouldn't you rather that than spend ten thousand dollars just because it has a designer name attached to it like that's just my perception so i'm proud that we created a beautiful line that's very exclusive and it's so customized and i hope that people understand that we really focus on quality and it's not the name like i'll go to a store for myself and i'll feel a shirt and if the quality feels nice to me i don't care what the text is inside i just want to wear something that i find comfortable yeah you know so that's just how i view things Things still there? I'm here. Oh, okay, good. I, I thought I lost you for a second. I'm the same way. To me, I, you know, I, I just, as I, I mean, I'm, I like, I like fashion so much that I like, and I, and I like change. I get bored very easily. So <laughs> I have this bad habit of, you know, buying, you know, cheap things just because I like to have variety in my closet. But I definitely appreciate when there is, like, you know, something that's really, something really good quality. And obviously, a bridal gown is a totally different uh, category altogether. I definitely uh, think that, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that can appreciate the quality of your gown because 
I have people yeah. who preserved their gowns 19 years ago, and now they're asking me if I could fix it for their daughters. You know, it's, it's just really rewarding to see that. But I'm saying I always try to encourage the brides. I'm like, listen, you know how many girls who are out there who can't afford a wedding gown and would appreciate a custom-designed gown so much? Like, donate it to a charity who is renting gowns out for free or give it to an orphanage or, you know, do something good with it, and you'll feel even better. I love when brides say to me, Marlene, my gown was worn eight times. Thank you so much for creating such a quality gown because I was able to do a mitzvah eight times wearing my, you know, with people wearing my dress. Like to me, that's just so incredible. And I'm so happy to hear that that's what girls are doing. And they don't feel bad spending three, three and a half thousand dollars because look how far, you know, their chesed has gone. It's, it's amazing. So you've done so much already. What are your goals for the future of your brand? <laughs> wow. If you only knew. <laughs> I actually have, you know, I laugh at myself sometimes. I say to myself, you know, you do so much during the day. I mean, I, thankfully, I, I'm involved with many organizations, and I try to, to surround myself with opportunities to give back on a weekly basis. But if I wasn't busy doing that, would my business be doing so many other things? Could I have reached my goal so much faster than I did, you know, in 20 years? Absolutely. Sometimes I question myself, and I say, why am I not busy doing that? Why am I not solely focusing on my business because you know it's that's just not my perception I feel like you got to give back you got to do you got to be a mom it can't just be all that business I'll get to what I get to and with due time obviously so I'm ready for the next phase um, years back I'm talking 15 years ago we created a a business that I'm not gonna give away now because I feel like I don't want anyone to get any ideas but <laughs> this bridal business of ours has so much potential so much growth in terms of the divisions that we can offer people making weddings that I would like to see that all happen it's just right now I have a daughter who still needs me and you know at the end of the day there's so much I can do better doing what I'm doing. So I'm hoping soon enough to share my journey with you. And you'll see firsthand by following us, you'll see, you know, we definitely have very big goals and very big dreams, but I'm also very realistic about it and understand there's a time and place for everything. But I definitely would like to elaborate and give more to people who are making weddings to simplify the wedding planning process for them, the shopping process for them, so that they can do everything in one location at one time and just do it with a, you know, a tremendous amount of ease and love. So if that alludes to anything, then you'll understand. <laughs> well, I really appreciated you coming on and just sharing your inspiration and just, you know, taking us on the journey. I'm very excited for the future of K2. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I mean, I wish I was able to share with you, you know, what we were doing in 2020. There was so much happening, runway shows, fashion shows, so much going on, but everything's at a standstill right now. And I've accepted that obviously I'm not in charge and this is what needs to be done right now. So we're just rolling with the punches and we're hoping that it will change soon enough. And if it won't be 2020, it'll be 2021 and so be it. But 20 Amazing. years, we're excited, we're happy, we're hoping that we can always be impactful and that we can help people simplify the wedding planning process. If there's anything I could do for anyone, always reach out. You don't necessarily have to book us, but if I can help you in any way, I'm happy to. That's amazing. And you have, your location is in Brooklyn, right? We're located in Queens. In Queens. Okay. Why did I think, I don't know why I thought Brooklyn, but We yeah. used to have a store in Brooklyn and we are now exclusively in Queens. 
Amazing. Thank you again. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Fashion Detour. I'm available for personal styling and personal shopping. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always reach out to me through my email, michal at thefashiondetour.com. And on Instagram, you're welcome to direct message me at The Fashion Detour for any of your shopping and styling needs and questions. Thank you so much and have a great week. Everyone can see your anger is misplaced